0: Hello, hello, Sam here, and I have a few questions for you. One, are you an amazing human who happens to live in Denver, Colorado? Two, are you an anti diet professional, an eating disorder professional, a dietitian, a nutrition student, an RD to be? If so, I am hosting an event on Sunday, October 8th at One Shot Back in Denver. Come grab a cocktail, a mocktail, and connect with me. This is a super casual anti-diet Sunday fun day. Some of you, if you're in the nutrition field, know that Fancy and the WIND Symposium are going to be in Denver that weekend, and I'm going to be out there with the Fine Food Freedom team, and I thought, why not throw a little soiree, if you will. You do not have to be a nutrition professional to come to this event. If you're someone who listens to the pod and you're like, oh yeah, I want to come hang out, amazing. We will definitely FaceTime Jenna because she's going to be out on maternity leave then. But come hang out, come connect with other light, like minded humans who believe in making peace with food and body and diversity. It's going to be fun. There's a ton of games there. There's even a golf simulator. Like we're going to be swinging clubs. So please, 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 if you are interested, go to bit.ly forward slash anti diet Denver. Again, that's bit.ly. That's B I t.ly forward slash anti-diet Denver, bit.ly forward slash anti-diet Denver to grab a ticket. Your ticket gets you a free cocktail mocktail, access to all the games. We're going to get a food truck. It's going to be so fun. And all of the proceeds will benefit an eating disorder support group. So it really doesn't get better than this. And I can't wait to meet you in real life what the actual fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians yours truly sammy previtt owner of fine food freedom and jenna warner owner of happy strong healthy
1: we can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body we are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again
0: Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture.
1: We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry,
0: learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at whattheactualforkpod and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of What The Actual Fork Podcast. Jenna, how are you?
1: I am tired and great all at the same time. I thought you were going to say tired
0: and grumpy. (laughs) And I was like, you're not grumpy at all. (laughs) No,
1: I'm definitely not grumpy. I feel happy. I'm just so, I'm like, today's one of those days where I'm just tired. And you know what the problem is? I know exactly why I'm tired. It's not even pregnancy. I am so obsessed with the show Good Trouble on Hulu. It's like originally a freeform show that's now on Hulu. I found it when I just like needed something to watch while I was taking walks um, on the treadmill, not outside. And I'm like, it's just so good. And last night Matt was in the basement watching freaking Star Wars' new show that just came out, Ahsoka. And I knew the episode was long. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna watch. And then like he didn't come back up. He must've been watching like the YouTube like reviews of it. Cause that's what he does. Cause he's a total star Wars nerd. And I was like, I'm going to watch another episode. And then at some point it became like 11 o'clock and that is way past my bedtime. Um, <laughs> and I passed out and woke up early to get, because I, I had to today, but whew, it is such, have you ever heard of it? It's so good.
0: No, but I've seen some of your content on it and I feel like I definitely trust your opinions when it comes to shows. So maybe I have to go. They cover eating
1: disorder recovery in a way I've never seen on TV before. In addition, in addition to just so many real, because this most recent season, I believe was last year, like maybe beginning of 23. I'm not there yet. Um, But they cover so many real life scenarios of just like social justice issues and life as you know, millennials and even Gen Z, I'm sure as well. And just like real things in such a good way that like, I can't stop watching. It's also the, it's a spinoff of the show, The Fosters, which I never watched. So now I know like probably when I have the baby, that'll be something I go back to. And then I'll probably just watch it all the way through again because that's what I'll be doing. I
0: love but this it's extremely intricate thing. So
1: it's so good. I need you to start watching it.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I had heart palpitations and almost drove off the road after I dropped Sienna off at daycare this morning Why? because Taylor Swift announced that she oh is God. bringing <laughs> the Eras Tour to AMC theaters and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then it was like, okay, you have to get tickets right away. So then I literally pulled over in the closest parking lot and I get to like amctheaters.com or wherever the fuck, however you get onto their website. And there was a queue just like Ticketmaster because I missed the announcement by like 10 minutes of when it went live. And there was millions of people trying to get movie tickets all over. But I, I can't stop buzzing about it because I'm like, wait, Do you? I don't think movie theaters know what's about to happen. That thousands, well, not during the one show, right? Because you can only fit so many people in a movie theater. Imagine you're going to see Barbie or you're going to see, I don't know, a chick flick. And in the theater next to you, there's hundreds of people jumping and screaming for three and a half hours, a Taylor Swift set list. Like, I can't get over how wild these theaters are about to get. And I fucking love Taylor Swift for not streaming it and making us all be alone in the comfort of our own homes, but making us come together into movie theaters to go wild. So I'm going with seven of my girlfriends on October 14th and I will report back because, and I think that's going to be your gateway into being a Swifty. You need to find some girlfriends (laughs) and you need to go see this masterpiece and tell me that, like, if you can go and watch the heiress tour and not cry, then you have a heart of stone, Jenna Warner. And I don't believe that but you But, like, know.
1: here's the thing. I'm totally softening up to Taylor Swift. Like, I'm bumping to her music. I'm into it. Into but, like, it. this makes me mad. But like, why does it make you mad when she's bringing women like but she's together. not because you know how many women are not going to be able to go see this movie because they're not no. going to get tickets or they're no. not going no they will be able to but they could have if it was in the comforts of their own home no maybe no no new moms
0: maybe they're like so. so all of the things it was Is only it because, Money, because i was trying to get on immediately <laughs> think about how many movies show in a day like art my girlfriend that got in It was like, you know, seven showings in a day times however many days times however many theaters because she knew that people couldn't get tickets to her show. So she's like, well, shit, like (laughs) if you can't afford a $2,000 ticket and a flight to a city that's nowhere near you, then Mm. I don't know, wild. So. I know you and Chelsea
1: will be, you'll have plenty to chat. Oh, about we were texting
0: about it this morning. By,
1: by the time this episode launches, that episode will have already come out. So everyone will know your passion for it. I, um, yeah, no, listen, the music totally warming up to it. Um, the, the rest of that aspect, I'm not, we'll get there. I'm not quite there yet. We'll get
0: there. Don't worry. We'll get there.
1: Uh, Well, do you have, besides this potential car crash that you prevented, do you have a what the actual fork moment?
0: (laughs) I feel like I shared my what the actual, like a a historical what the actual fork moment from my college days in the episode. So I won't take up any more time there. Did you have anything pressing? Because I feel like you kind of talked about your TikTok trends you've been seeing too.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think that... I have anything like super, super relevant right now. I just think that it is, it's just interesting being pregnant and so much more aware like this time around versus last time Um, and just the experience being so wildly different. And I'm like so close to the end here that I was also laughing with Matt that last time around this time, last time, like the baby's room was ready. You know, I had everything I needed for him, like ready to go. And this baby's... (laughs) Like the bassinet's not even set up. Like nothing, nothing is ready to go. I just ordered wallpaper the other day. It's going to be here in like two weeks. I'm like, I hope it gets it before the
0: baby does. Like but you know how it like, is when they're newborn. Nothing like they matters, literally You, you just need the bassinet and some diapers and wipes and like, like a few onesies. Other hundred that. It's just so funny. And I don't have any experience of like
1: taking the baby anywhere. Cause like with Noah, I mean, he was born January of 21 and we, it was still very much like covid precautions and we just didn't leave the house. Like I didn't take him anywhere. Cause I was terrified. And now I was like making a hair appointment for my next color today. in like December, I'm like, I think I'll just, I could just bring him. Right. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, you'll be here for like two hours. I'm like, okay, cool. Like that. I mean, I don't know if I'll feel comfortable doing that then, but like, just to have that as like a thought is just so different. And I feel like I'm excited for the postpartum days this time around versus last time, because I think just because I know how I have so much more that I know to expect. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, it could just be the same, but which was, I know it will be really hard no matter what, but, um, I'm excited just to have a little bit of that experience under my belt.
0: hundred percent. Like you, you have that expectation and not the fear of the complete unknown. And I think as we're taking the baby out, you are a mom of a toddler. So we're not take, staying home. Okay. I know, but, but I don't even mean that. I mean, like you're already doing the hard part, taking that child out, taking a baby out. They're just in the car seat, pop a binky in, give them a boob if once in a while, if you want, like they're, they're a potato. Like we flew with Sienna four <laughs> times before she had any desire of crawling or having that much awareness, like before four months of age. And it was amazing now i like don't want to fly with her but like i know you know what i mean so, like me. you're gonna i feel like you're gonna find it so much easier with the babe and i've seen so many tiktoks of that when it's like my husband taking the toddler and me like not com- like fake complaining but like I have to be with the newborn when it's just like you're just kind of laying there wait
1: I so I said that to Matt the other day I'm like you know that you're gonna have this like I mean it's gonna be really hard for me from like the recovery aspect of course. and everything else of course. But, like from the aspect of like who gets what kid like it's going to be all you and Noah and it's not going to be easy and it's so funny because last night like Noah's bedtime is like 7 30 and like more recently he's, you know, he's two and a half and he is getting that like daddy goes to work some days and daddy, you know, comes back late some days. And like this daddy schedules, like really throwing him right now. Um, and he just wants more time with that. Like you can just see that, but like bedtime last night, like wouldn't end. And like, it's like eight thirty, and I'm like, what is going on up there? <laughs> like I'm hearing him reading. I'm hearing them have these like really deep discussions. I'm like hearing all of these things going on. And at one point I texted him. I said, put him in his bed. <laughs> like, What is going on? Like he wouldn't get into his crib and Matt like didn't want to push it. Cause he's like scared. I'm like this, you're going to have to deal with this on your own. <laughs> like- yep. yep. Okay, Sam, so yesterday, I'm sure you have this exact same group chat of all of your friends from Penn State. (laughs) Um, Sure do. But the topic of the Penn State group chat yesterday was
0: postpartum
1: body odor.
0: (laughs) You should have added me into that chat because (laughs) that was my worst symptom by far.
1: Like... I mean, for me personally, this time around, pregnancy body odor has like rocked my socks off, but the postpartum body odor conversation was popping yesterday on the Penn State group chat. And I did find out that some of my friends are already Lumi fans. And I think that I have talked the rest of them into the amazingness that are, that is Lumi products, because I swear to you that I was always a very specific, you know, deodorant user of a a different brand for a long time. And then this second pregnancy, and I remember that postpartum, I know it's coming back soon. Like it's just different. And the Lumi products have literally changed my smell for the better. And I'm currently obsessed with the wipes that you can bring with you wherever you go in case, you know the deodorant wears off or your day is long or you've chased a toddler up and down the same park area for too long (laughs) um, and you just need a little refresh, they're just like absolutely amazing. So everything about that starter pack is going into my hospital bag and I swear to you, I will never use another deodorant product again.
0: It is the best whole body deodorant, that is for sure. So as a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code FORK at lumideodorant.com. That is L-U-M-E deodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code FORK. Again, not to, I'm not trying to be a little postpartum and say like, you're going to have no. it easy because you know, we you and I both know, know that ain't true at all. Um, but it will be nice that you have the little cuddle bug and, I know. oh my gosh, I know. Oh, it's, it's so, so soon. I, I can't like, wait. So,
1: so soon. Um, but anyways, we had, speaking of babies and fertility yes. and pregnancy, Straight and all of the things, we had such an incredible guest today. Um, the conversation goes over PCOS. It goes over hypothalamic amenorrhea. It goes over, you know, loss of a period and what that could mean. It goes over the relationship of disordered eating and loss of a period. It goes over disordered eating in general. It goes over how to get your period back. It goes over fertility. Sam, what am I missing?
0: (laughs) I, I think it hit them all. And if not, it goes over a lot.
2: And
1: those over so much. Yes.
0: And you and I have said time and time again on this episode that if anybody is struggling with PCOS or H A or struggling to get their period and wanting to con- or trying to conceive, we send them Lindsay's account. So it's a perfect way that now we can send them this podcast episode.
1: Yes. And so today we will introduce, we had Lindsay Luston on the podcast today, who is a registered dietitian and mom herself with 15 years of experience. Um, in the field. And she hit a really incredible milestone recently in her business that I will make you listen to the episode to really hear about. But she is an absolute wealth of knowledge about all things fertility and getting your period back. And she has a personal story that she shares again in this episode today too, as to why she is so passionate about it and how to advocate for yourself in medical offices and fight against weight stigma. And I I I am absolutely like in love with her process. And I think that she is the real deal. And I'm so just excited that we got to interview her today and share this with
0: you guys. Yeah. And she used to be an OG listener of the pod. Yes. So what a full circle <laughs> moment to, to have her on. So if you don't already give Lindsay a follow at food.freedom.fertility, but otherwise let's get into it.
1: All right. We've already been giggling. We already have so- much we want to talk about. I feel like this podcast will have an intention and that will go a totally different route. And I can't wait to see where it, where it goes. Um, but today we have the incredible Lindsay Lesson on the podcast today. You may also know her as food.freedom.fertility. And Lindsay, thank you for being here.
2: I'm so excited to be here thanks for having me
1: we open up these episodes now instead of asking you um this or that question since I know you're an OG listener (laughs) we ask our list or our guests now about their what the actual fork moment of the day the week the month the year I was actually at the hair salon today and I am so disappointed that I don't have a what the actual fork moment from that because I typically get I can't believe you didn't get one No one was talking about food today. I was so disappointed, but (laughs) Lindsay, has there been anything in your recent, you know, travels in real life or on social media that has to do with nutrition, your specialty or not that has stopped you in your tracks and made you say what the actual F bomb is happening?
2: Yes. So, and I feel like I've been sitting on this one for a while now, but I was at a baby shower earlier this year for like a friend of a friend. And you know how like sometimes at baby showers they play games like the candy bar and the diaper or whatever. Okay. Y'all, the game that we played was like a bingo card. And it was pictures of people's bellies. And it was called Guess if it's a pregnant belly or a beer belly. What? But up.
0: And like I thank you for saving this for us.
2: (laughs) 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 I'm sitting around in this room full of women, probably 50 women. And I'm like, what the actual, like, what is going on? And why am I the only person that recognizes that this is wrong on so many levels? And so I like walked away from that shower, like texted someone on my team. I was like, you've got to hear this, but I think it was so wild to me because everyone was just like, oh yeah, like let's just judge people's bellies and like talk about which ones look pregnant and which ones don't. I'm like, I'm insecure and I'm not even pregnant right now that we're like doing this. It was wild. And to just think about like what
0: the, the purpose of a baby shower is, right? Like to celebrate this beautiful miracle coming into the world. And like some people play games, some don't, but like that game like what like usually it's like who's gonna be the fun parent which i even that game like just annoys me but it's like like you know what i mean like it's usually just like simple lighthearted games not that is i've never heard that you've definitely stole the stole the cake on this one of just like a what the actual fork moment that Jen and i have not heard before
2: i just had to i just had to tell the masses because i can't with that And like, also
1: imagine like, who are these pictures of? Right? Like, I oh, that's that's so bad. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because
2: some of them were just like very clearly like actual pregnant bellies. They just weren't the perfect basketball bump. And it's like, okay, but that's like how most people look pregnant. You know, see, I knew this was
1: going to like sprout so many ideas for me, but I have so much to say about that too. And I think we talked about this on your podcast, maybe you and I, but like the trend of having an only belly pregnancy, I had never heard that before until this pregnancy. And it is one of the most toxic diet culture twists of fat phobia that I think I have ever,
0: ever come across. Have you seen that either of you? Oh, a hundred percent. I think I went into pregnancy thinking like only my belly's supposed to get big, and not because I don't think like not being like I hope only my belly gets big. It was never my intention, but that's just what you see, and then you get pregnant, and like everything is just like inflamed and full of water retention. And Jen, I know you said your ankles this pregnancy are like so. They're I huge. think, from, And then you start to question, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, I thought I was only supposed to get big where the baby is. And so absolutely, I've seen it. And I think I've been prey to that diet culture messaging and didn't even realize it. And honestly, until now, I was talking about it.
2: I mean, you can even like Google, like, it's like on Pinterest, like, how to have a belly only pregnancy. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's just so unrealistic. And I think it's like setting people up for body image issues in pregnancy, even if maybe you never even had body image issues.
1: 100%. So two things to tell you actually today, Sam. Yesterday, I got into bed last night and it was clean sheet day, which is, you know, happens however often
0: it happens not very often I'm- for me unfortunately <laughs> i think it should happen more in the private household
1: <laughs> i was like thinking out loud i'm like should i say that it happens every other week like are people gonna think i'm gross but oh anyway every other I'm week.
0: not on your level so <laughs> we need to level up over here <laughs>
1: Well, we got into bed last night and my husband, literally the first thing that he said to me last night was, wow, these sheets are so soft. And he's like not the kind of guy to say something like that. Like that's not what he notices at all. Um, And he was like, now I understand why we only wash these sheets (laughs) because naturally they are our cozy earth, beautiful sheets that just get consistently washed and put back on
0: our bed. Because you only have one (laughs) pair. I only have one pair. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I know what I need to be getting you for the next holiday. Uh, I have, I swear to God, I have four, I think four sets and I love every single one. I will never put another any set of bed sheets on my bed, but Cozy Earth. So if you want to join Jenna and I with the soft, amazing Cozy Earth sheets, Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you use the code FORK. Again, that is 35% off the entire site. That's bed sheets, PJs, joggers, and more, and use code FORK
1: the other experience that I've had this pregnancy and I think I've shared this before because I didn't leave the house with my first pregnancy because it was pure COVID. Like it was 2020. He was born January of 21. So like, I, I didn't have to get dressed. I didn't have to see people. Like I didn't leave the house. But now, like leaving the house and like seeing people in public, and like it's fucking hot. Like I'm not wearing full clothing. Like and I've given up on caring. Um, like I'm not buying more clothes, like everything now sits up top here, like right. Anyways, and but people are like so nice to pregnant women, like so nice to in to in. For some pregnant women, this is my experience. And all I can think about is when that baby comes out of me, how quickly they're going to be so not nice and ask questions about all the wrong things. And only just like, I just know that like postpartum depression aspect of it and anxiety. And like, it's fueled by these outside praises and compliments while you're carrying the baby that disappear when the baby comes and it's like the same as fueling disordered eating habits and like that parallel is something that like came to me recently and I was like wow like if you are not in a space where you are comfortable with your healing or your journey how easy is it to fall prey back to these old habits definitely right it's wild like wild Anyways, let's talk about food, freedom, fertility today. (laughs) Lindsay, will you introduce yourself and tell our audience just a little bit more about you, maybe a little of your story or, you know, where your passion for really helping women get pregnant or getting their periods back came from? Um, We would love to know more about you.
2: Yeah. So I have been a dietitian for 12 years and I think like a lot of dietitians, I just kind of started in the realm of like i'm gonna help people be you know healthier which is the way that we're trained yeah air quotes healthier is just like helping people like you know lose weight and eat the vegetables and exercise and so like that for me like helping people in that capacity was a really perfect way for me to hide the fact that i had an eating disorder and so during this time of studying nutrition learning about nutrition becoming an actual dietitian i was always struggling with some degree of disordered eating and actually a full-blown eating disorder at one point um and none of like my recovering from an eating disorder, coming out of an eating disorder, being healed in my mind, really became apparent to me that I was still really struggling um, until my husband and I said we wanted to start a family. And so we like come off the pill and I wasn't getting a period. And that kind of sparked this like long journey of like, do I just jump into fertility treatment? Like my doctor is saying, or like, is there more here? And so I learned about Hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is a condition where women lose their period because of overexercise, because of undereating, And I'm like literally like textbook picture of this condition, even though I was like walking well, I was the health expert, I was so healthy. Um, but here we are like struggling with fertility issues. And so long story short, through like a long journey, a long like food freedom journey, self-discovery journey, like really healing journey. I was able to get my period back. I've since had three kids. And now really that's what I do today. I help women with recovering from disordered eating and period loss so that they can recover, rebuild their relationship with food and be able to get pregnant. Thank you
0: so much for sharing your story with us. And I feel like so many people can relate. I feel like I've sent your page to so many of my friends i I'm thinking of a few of my close friends I know who have had very similar stories to yours, and they were reaching out to these hippie i'm gonna call them hippie dippy I don't even know if they were doctors that were trying to give them like all these supplements to get their period back and I was like no you're a marathon runner and you're having very small quantities of food i think we we need to eat more and follow this account so thank you for all you do because i know i've sent your account to lots of people
2: uh, i appreciate that and it's funny to me that like i work with a lot of clients who go to naturopaths functional medicine doctors like people who are looking at things more holistically And it's like they just miss the like big elephant in their room that somebody is clearly underfueling their body. And it's wild. They'll put them on 25 supplements and run all of this incredibly expensive testing to tell them they have a vitamin D deficiency. Not really saying (laughs) No shit. Yeah. Because you're not eating enough,
1: right? It's like exactly but it's, I'm curious and I'm glad you said expensive because, like, besides the financial aspect of it, like, I know that doctors don't study nutrition like we do, obviously, but like, I don't understand why that's not like the first line of defense for most things. Like, my TikTok recently is like all these like master herbalists and all of these like specialists in these areas that are like, are you feeling XYZ way after eating or whatever it is? And it's like, No, like the answer is you're restricting food and it's the same thing here. And that just like is something that blows my mind and will continue to, but I just pulled up your post PCOS or HA and I, I think I've shared my story on this podcast many times and also on yours, Lindsay, but I was diagnosed with PCOS, but I very clearly had HA during my disordered days. Um, But my question to you is, and number, my first question would be, can you explain the difference between the two? But what if somebody is looking at this chart, this beautiful chart that you have, it's pinned on the top of her profile on Instagram. Um, What if there is... Like some crossover. like, is it possible to have both, or is it more typical that it's one or the other, and you have like like for me, I still get this right here. I'm typically shaving my face on this podcast. I can't tell you the <laughs> amount of
0: times Jenna's just sitting there shaving her face. and I'm like, what are you doing?
1: like a nervous tick for me now, but it's like, it's this hair right here that always just grows back. So like, I have that from the PCOS column, but back in the day, like when I couldn't get pregnant, when I didn't have a period, like I hit every HA button, but I was
2: diagnosed with the other. Can you go into that? So you can absolutely have both. I would say that there's a lot about PCOS that we still don't understand And I would say over half of the people that I work with who truly do have HA and only HA get misdiagnosed with PCOS. And it kind of has to do with the way that PCOS is diagnosed based on something called the Rotterdam criteria. So if you have two out of three of the following, a missing or irregular period, cyst on your ovaries visible from an ultrasound, and or elevated androgens, testosterone, DHEA, free testosterone, then if you have two out of three of those things, you have PCOS. So it would be very easy for someone who's over exercise and restricting food to um, not have a period or be getting some sort of period, but not ovulating and their cycles are 60 to 90 days you know, whatever. And then you go in for an ultrasound and because they don't have regular cycles, they have these follicles, AKA cysts, just hanging out, waiting for, you know, the next thing. And so it's just very easy for someone to get a misdiagnosis of PCOS when they really have AHA. That's super helpful.
0: So if you don't mind just laying it out very simply for our listeners, what is PCOS and what is HA with some of those s- symptoms on this chart just because it's so beautiful like Jenna said.
2: So PCOS is a genetic condition. So unlike HA, PCOS is something that you will probably have lifelong. It's probably going to be diagnosed in your teens, although people may not, you know, be up to speed on their doctor's appointments. Doctor may be not be incredibly thorough and it may not show up until 20s or 30s Um, and it's driven by again there's a lot that we still don't understand but one of the main like mechanisms that we feel are causing all of these symptoms like um, insulin resistance like the you know jenna you talked about like facial hair um cystic acne um unexplained weight gain as a result of the insulin resistance is the presence of elevated androgen so basically for whatever reason in these individuals the kind of their hormonal cycle the body gets bored of making too much estrogen and it starts to make testosterone and so they'll start to have all of these kind of symptoms and as a result their cycles start to get out of whack and so typically like with pcos you're seeing more of like higher hormones like super high estrogen um sometimes heavy painful periods and then um insulin resistance difficulty losing weight unexplained weight gain um I can't even think of all the ones there. Um, and then with HA, it is quite literally a temporary condition that can last for decades. That's part of my story um, that can last indefinitely due to low energy availability. So just like when someone is over restricting their calories and over exercising, the body starts to shut down essential body functions like production of thyroid, hair growth, nail growth, you know, all of like the markers that we all learned about as dietitians markers for malnutrition. One of those things is the loss of your cycle. And so HA is something that's reversible and you can go through and come out of, which is why, Jenna, was kind of saying, like, well, you could have PCOS, be very restrictive, and then lose your... You could have both going on at one point in time, but HA is reversible, PCOS is probably something that you're living with most of your life, and you're just kind of symptom managing.
1: And remember when you and I chatted too, my cholesterol at the time was really high, which is a symptom or a function of like the bone mass issue and like all of the other pieces of HA versus PCOS, which since shockingly getting my period back and like healing my relationship with food and fitness, my cholesterol has been managed ever since, despite like a genetic predisposition to it. I always blamed genetics, but it was legitimately like this piece of like your head, the pink side of this beautiful Venn diagram that you have here. And so one of the things that uh, is coming to mind for me, that's like really scary to think about. And I don't know if you guys even want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, PCOS, one of the, from my understanding, one of the medications now being provided for management of symptoms is semaglutide or ozempic or any of these medications and like imagine just putting it out there imagine somebody is actually overeating i'm sorry over exercising under eating being diagnosed with pcos living in a larger body and being prescribed ozempic or a semaglutide like that just like came to my mind and is terrifying <laughs>
2: it is terrifying and i was listening to um to a lot of fertility podcasts but one by like three different reproductive endocrinologists and they're basically talking about how like if you come to them for an ivf cycle and you're on zempic like they don't just want you off the medication they want you 3 months off the medication and so it's setting people back but the fact that somebody could potentially be taking this thinking they're improving their pcos thinking they're helping their fertility issue and only making it worse or you know, causing a whole nother fertility issue. Cause when we talk about how those medications work with appetite suppression, if somebody is only taking in X and expending X through exercise, then that is like quite literally the recipe for developing HA.
0: Very, very scary. And so I, I'm starting to think about with HA almost like the parallels to anorexia in the sense of, In medical offices, let's say there's something we talk about on this podcast, we I think it was Sharon Maxwell's episode, we talked a lot about heavy air quotes, atypical anorexia and how it's actually very typical for people to have anorexia and exist in a larger body. And so same thing with HA, I feel like they're and i would love to hear your experience of talking with other medical you know professionals is there the the weight stigma in the ha world that you know assuming people are residing in a smaller body and can people that reside in all size bodies have ha i know that answer is yes but i would like to hear from you just anything you can share an insight on that as well
2: yeah it's a big problem because a lot of medical professionals who have been through a ton of school have a picture in their head of what ha is supposed to look like and they are thinking you know thin white woman with an eating disorder um because just because that's how they're taught and so a lot of times doctors are coming into appointments with somebody who um might be in a medium to larger size body and they're never going to like in their mind they're like I've even had clients say, I presented this to my doctor and they basically tell them in a roundabout way, probably not these words, although maybe these words, like basically like you're not thin enough to lose your period with AJ.
1: That is so wild. And it also like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember in health class learning about the female athlete triad, like in our books, that is ha that we have just said like it's okay as long as you play sports like it's just gonna happen right like my period my whole life was irregular but it was okay because I played sports like it was never okay
2: (laughs) they've since renamed because I remember this too and I remember going through college not having my period and thinking I was recovered from my eating disorder and being like well, I have this, but I'm not an athlete, so this isn't really me. But they've since renamed female athlete triad to something called red S syndrome, which is relative energy deficit in sport. And it is being more actually addressed of if you are a cross-country athlete, if you, um, you know, whatever sport you're in, if you're not getting your period, that is a marker for, um, you know, under fueling. So they are looking at it from that lens um although there are a lot of male coaches in you know female sports that like are uneducated or don't care so i mean that problem does still very much still exist
0: i used to work in the sports nutrition department at penn state i remember like the cross country coach i had to take first of all i had to take the girls cross country team and many of the varsity teams their body fat and like the bod pod and then which is just Terrible and so cringy. And I remember that the cross-country coach came to the lead sports dietitian at Penn State who I was working under, and he's like, I need you to educate on all the girls to lose five percent more body fat, just across the board. Meanwhile, I want to say 90% of the team didn't have a period. Um, it was unbelievable. Like, and again, that was a male coach and obviously we pushed back and we're like, um, no, but hopefully sport is coming, you know, along these days, one, one coach at a time, but I will never forget that. I was just like, what? What? What the actual fork is, is going on here.
2: That is insane. I have more hope for the sports world than the, the medical world because, as you guys know, just like there are so many physicians operating off of weight bias. And so I've even had clients who are in larger bodies and do have HA spend months pushing back against their physician to be like, I don't have any symptoms of PCOS. And like you are quite literally trying to diagnose me with this condition based off my body size and I have to really fight back against that and it's just really sad that that goes on.
1: I mean it all just boils down to weight stigma like when you really just think about it and with so many professionals that we've spoken with on this podcast recently like a lot of the the core or the root of what we're all fighting against is just giving people access to unbiased care and it's just so frustrating but for anybody listening if they're like okay I feel like I have symptoms of both or I am I haven't had my period in a while I when we're working on trying to conceive or we're starting a family or whatever it is what is like a first step if there even is one like broad strokes across the board of like what you would recommend to anybody listening that's like I gotta make a change
2: Well, first of all, if you are one of the people that has HA and PCOS and you're like, oh, well, like, I don't want to, like, address the HA part because it can make my PCOS worse. First of all, I would say that's kind of a red flag. Like, if you are afraid to fuel your body appropriately to take down the intensity and duration of your exercise, like, if that's hard for you, I think that's kind of more evidence that we do have HA going on. Um, But you should also know, we'll kind of play the card. You have both going on. You should also know that you have to address and heal from HA first, because if you are continuing to do all the air quotes healthy things to manage your PCOS and you have HA going on, you're never going to be able to ovulate and get your period back. So, you know, um, I'd say it's a little bit more of a tricky scenario, but you do have to kind of play the long game and understand that. Like paying back the energy debt, like fueling your body appropriately, putting on some healthy body fat, that is what's going to serve your health and fertility the best in the long term. So like step one, I would say is to be thinking about your relationship with food and identifying like what restrictions you have in place that are causing the under fueling. So maybe your intermittent fasting. Okay, well, let's talk about how to move your First meal of the day up an hour, two hours, three hours until you're eventually actually eating three regular meals per day. So like kind of starting really small, but really thinking about like, where did this start? And maybe it's not fasting for you. Maybe you're calorie and macro counting. Maybe you're really hung up on this clean eating or a vegan diet. And so there's some big changes that will probably have to occur, but When I'm working with my clients, I always like to tackle the easy stuff first, build some confidence. And then I think like the further you get into like actually fueling your body, the better you'll feel. And that can start to have kind of a snowball effect in the way that you approach food. Super, super helpful. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows
0: VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. Um, do you work with people specifically that are going through let's say IVF or in addition because I know your your page says get get pregnant naturally, right? But for those who maybe have HA or PCOS and still need additional fertility treatments, how, do you pair with reproductive endocrinologists and kind of work as a multidisciplinary team or can you shed any light on that as well?
2: Yeah, so everything, if you, I, first of all, I think, whatever path to family is beautiful, whether you use whether surrogacy, whether adoption, whether fertility treatment. Like My goal for the clients that I work with, whether they're using fertility treatment or not, is to get your body and your brain in the healthiest place possible for pregnancy. So even if you have HA and you are knee-deep in IVF, you need to understand that you're going to have a way better chance of getting pregnant faster and having a healthier pregnancy if you address the underlying issue of why you can't get pregnant in the first place. And so um, I haven't done a ton of partnering with reproductive endocrinologists. Um, I think sometimes doctors won't approach it any differently because kind of their idea is, well, we're already using medicine anyway, so we can control for that. We can fix that, whatever. Um, Much like doctors aren't always educated on nutrition, they don't always see the importance. Although I worked with clients who are already going through fertility treatment, they go through a failed round of IVF, and then through learning to better nourish their body, work on managing their stress, they're able to get pregnant with like ovulation induction. So like there is a huge benefit if somebody's body is better nourished, if they have other coping mechanisms besides exercise, their bodies are going to be in a better place for pregnancy. And if they use fertility treatment, usually what we see is somebody can get pregnant with like a lower level of intervention.
0: I love that you said all of this and it made me think about, so I went through IVF and thankfully this wasn't my fertility clinic or else I would have left in the first fucking consult, (laughs) but there is a doctor that has every single one of his patients in Jacksonville on the keto diet. Like he doesn't do anything other than like in the initial consult, just like slides them the keto diet. So I should send you his page and you can be like,
2: Hi. Um, it's horrible hi. because number one, that's not evidence-based. No. not evidence-based in any form. Um, and when we're talking about getting adequately fed, carbohydrates are
0: one of the easiest, most accessible forms of energy. So, not to
2: mention you're... So I'll share this. Like as I'm, I'm, I'm speaking at a conference for some REIs this fall, and as I'm prepping for this presentation, I came across a research study last week that said... That um, in patients that are undergoing fertility treatment, they were, they had them fill out kind of like a food and mood, you know, attitudes towards food. And when they like screened it for the like DSM-5 diagnosis of eating disorder, not otherwise specified, 20% of people going through fertility treatment had eating disorders. Makes total sense. Yeah. Like handing somebody who has an eating disorder, this information on the keto diet. Like what a recipe for disaster.
0: That makes me so excited that you're speaking at that conference though, because the amount of weight stigma in fertility clinics is off the charts. So if you can get in and educate REs on nutrition and just relationship with food and all of that, it's, it's such a market that needs, I mean, the whole world needs to crush diet culture, right? Like everything. (laughs) But I just think about, you know, we did our, our episode with Nicola, um, fat positive fertility, and it's just, it's unbelievable. The stuff you'll hear in fertility fertility clinics.
2: Yeah. And even just like TikTok and Google searches on like fertility diet. And it's like, I don't like, like so many Just general information on the internet about nutrition, so much of it is like rooted in fat phobia and restriction. And it's just not helpful, especially for people who might already have a damaged relationship with food.
0: When I feel it, oh, sorry, Jenna. I was going (laughs) to say, when we
2: started this episode, what we all said is like
0: that simplistic first place to look are you eating enough? Mm -hmm. Like it goes back to that theme, right? Of like, it'll have like the wellness umbrella of stay away from these things or these ingredients. Or, you know, I've seen your post about sugar and like all this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, are you eating enough? That's usually, I don't want to say that's the answer, but like a lot of the times it's the place we need to go.
1: Like there was somebody who wrote uh, yesterday, this master herbalist. And I tried to like make a video like spoof of it, but like, because I'm not giving, you know, herbs as my solution. I'm like, eat fucking food as a solution. Like it didn't go anywhere. But like this person's listing off all these symptoms. Like, do you have this during the day? And I'm like, all you need to do is eat a meal and not just eat basil. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) But I, yes, like there's so many nuggets in this episode that are incredible. And I want to just brag for you for a second, because I think I saw you post this recently. I don't know if I see this on a post. Um, but you just recently hit, a, there it is, a hundred food freedom for ter- fertility pregnancies inside your practice, which is amazing and a huge milestone. And I think the work that you're doing is so incredible. And just like Sam said, I pass so many people over to your page as well, because it's not an area that I'm specialize in at all. And I love to be able to, you know, have somebody to refer to. So thank you for all you do. And congratulations. Yeah,
2: thanks. It's <laughs> been wild to like tally it all up and to like recognize that like, it's just so rewarding. Like it's like you guys are both moms. Like, you know, like it is literally like life changing when you're able to have a baby and become a mom. And so it's just so cool to like, get to be a part of that for, for people. That is incredible. I feel like you have to have like a little montage of all the little babies
0: somewhere of like you are part of this journey. Um, so let's say we have someone right now who's listening, who's actively trying to get pregnant and they they feel like they have HA after listening to this. Um, if they don't remember anything else from the podcast, but they're going to remember what you're going to say right now, what do you want them to hear?
2: advocate for yourself. If you are in an office, I don't care how many degrees your doctor has and how much experience they have, you are the expert in your own body. And if you are being told that you need to do X, Y, and Z to get pregnant and in your gut, that doesn't feel right for you. Or you feel like you've gotten a misdiagnosis on unexplained infertility, but like you struggled with an eating disorder for 10 years, whatever it is, like Advocate for yourself, ask questions, get a second opinion and be empowered that like there are things that you can do that can have a really powerful impact on your fertility journey, whatever route that you go and addressing your relationship with food and fueling your body well can make a huge difference.
0: So well said. So where can those who are listening right now who are like, okay, I need to talk with Lindsay and I need to learn more,
2: where should they head to? So I'm probably most active on Instagram, food.freedom.fertility, um, but you can learn more about like coaching and how I support people um, in my programs, um, my website, www.foodfreedomandfertility.com.
1: You also have been crushing it on TikTok. I have to say, we talked about this before and you are crushing it. So, oh, I had a thousand followers, so working really hard on it. (laughs) You are getting like, and your engagement's amazing. Your posts are like really, really well done. So I'm excited to watch that continue to thrive too.
2: (laughs) Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like this is a problem that's going anywhere because there are, you know, 22 year olds on TikTok that are messaging me and telling me they're not getting their period. So yeah, it's a problem. We need you.
0: Thank you so much, Lindsay.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of what the actual fork pod, we know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us.
0: So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at whattheactualforkpod.
1: We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for more fun.